Will you spend another summer working on your yard for your spouse, kids, and guests? Or would you rather spend the summer with your spouse, playing with the kids, and relaxing with guests? Hire Blue Duck Lawn Care to get the super healthy lawn you love and neighbors will envy. Blue Duck does the fertilizing and weed control. You just mow to get a lush, thick lawn. Best in your neighborhood. If it's got to be green, hire Blue. BlueDuckLawnCare.com. Remember, if it's got to be green, hire Blue. BlueDuckLawnCare.com. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. It is 1034 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number. It's the Friday edition of your voicemail. So let's make it good. All right. So we talked yesterday about how Jennifer McCormick is going to run for governor. She is running on the Democrat side, which makes sense because she is basically a lifelong Democrat. Uh, and Holcomb and Hupfer, uh, Eric Holcomb, the esteemed governor of the state, and Kyle Hupfer, the Indiana Republican Party chair, knew this in 2016 when they threw their full weight behind her at the Republican State Convention to get her elected or nom- nominated uh running against a reliable, rock-solid conservative because, well, that's who they are, and they knew they would much rather do business with a Democrat than a conservative. And Jennifer McCormick proved to be everything most of us knew she would be. She is, if the angry red-shirted teachers had a mascot, it would be Jennifer McCormick. Maybe that'll be a good job for her when she inevitably loses the the next governor's race. Uh, She could then become the official mascot of the angry red-shirted teachers. Um, But she is the creation of Eric Holcomb and Kyle Hupfer. And so when people talk about, well... Yeah, the Republicans are awful, but I can't vote for a libertarian or a third party because, well, we might get a Democrat in there. The Democrats are everywhere in state government. They just put ours next to their name. Mm-hmm. And these are the people who Holcomb and Hupfer have propped up. If it weren't for Holcomb and Hupfer, she would have never been the superintendent of, of education. And uh, somebody called about that. As you pointed out correctly so, um, basically she was only in there because Eric Holcomb and all of his friends liked her and they got her the nomination. And I think she's, I blame her for most of the um, uh, failures of the Indiana public school system um, because I got to see it firsthand as a public school kid, um, especially during my high school years. And I blame her for most of it too, as well as the school school boards as well. And my school board, um, I would throw, I'll go ahead and throw out a name, Senator Grove. They're just a complete failure. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to go ahead and endorse her this time. But my my take on her running for governor, she's just nothing more. It doesn't matter what party registry it is to me. She's Eric Holcomb in a dress. That is all she is to me. Anytime I see anything about her, now when I just saw her announce, I'm think I'm like, I think she looks like she looks more like Eric Holcomb to me than anything else. Like because policy, it's just going to be more of the same under her, just like it was with Holcomb. If God forbid she were to be governor, which is probably very unlikely, but if she were to be the case, so she'd have to run as a Republican. But if she were to be governor, she'd continue Holcomb's policies because they all agree on everything. And I don't think Holcomb has ever said a bad word about her. Um, he, she would raise taxes like he has, raise the gas tax again, and the state will come crashing down if any more of these fools are elected, are elected in the governor's office, which is, again, why we need you. 
<laughs> well, I'm not running, so hopefully somebody good will be. Speaking of which, Donald Rainwater mm-hmm. will be with us Monday. Now, we are offering this to any person filing to run for governor. So whether it's uh, Doden or Suzanne or uh, uh, Braun mm-hmm. or McCormick, McCormick. Uh, we're going to give Don and any of these other people, I'll give you a full hour to come on and talk about your stuff and your policies and what you want to do. And uh, I have a feeling most of them will not be taking us up on that because, well, they don't have much of anything to offer. But maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll be surprised and somebody, somebody will because what an opportunity to win votes. Um, but there, the, there is, no, there is no difference between these parties at Isn't this point. Isn't she the one who was Republican and switched her party halfway through, though? Well, she switched after she got out. Well, she was a Democrat, and then they they got they got fast and loose, and somehow made her out to be a Republican, and then and then she became a Democrat again. So, as uh, the famed philosopher Homer Simpson once said, uh, I guess some people never change or quickly change, and then quickly change right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is this was a creation of this Republican establishment that, for some reason. People are uh, totally afraid to vote for someone other than them because they're worried about Democrats getting in there, when in reality, they are just Democrats. Yep. The last time a Democrat won any statewide race, by the way, was in 2012. Yes, that was Glenda Ritz, uh, superintendent of, uh, of public education. And yet, despite not winning anything, the Republican Party remains, so that's been, that's been 11 years. The Indiana Republican Party remains petrified of angry red-shirted teachers and is willing to completely screw you and your kid over and embolden these lunatics, despite the fact that they can't win anything. But you know what's interesting about this, and and we can move off of her, but during an interview, which was ahead of her campaign announcement, she was criticizing the Republican Party here in Indiana because she said they have a lack of support for traditional public schools. What? Have you seen the budget? But that's the point. It's never enough. It doesn't matter. This is what we keep saying. It doesn't matter what you give these people. It's never enough because it's not about actually helping kids. It's not about actually making education better. It is about control and it is about promoting their own pocketbooks. It is not about kids and no amount of money is going to fix the flaws in the public education system. All right. Somebody called. We talked yesterday about Ukraine, Mm -hmm. about how uh, apparently Kevin McCarthy is all in on the never ending money supply, despite saying during the campaign. No blank check. uh, Yeah. The blank check is now apparently back. Corinne Jean-Pierre said that there's a blank check back. I asked the very simple and I think fair question. Where does all the money go? There's never been an ROI. There's never been an accounting. There's never been an audit. Where does the money go? Somebody called about that. You'd probably describe me as a bleeding heart liberal, although I'd probably disagree with that. But I'm far more liberal than than you are, for sure. And we probably don't agree on a whole lot. But you're absolutely 100% right. And I couldn't agree with you more about the spending in Ukraine. The reason we have a trillion, $29 trillion, whatever whatever the number is, is because we just throw $150 billion here and $150 billion there. And these numbers, they act like a billion, $150 billion doesn't mean anything because the budget is so high it's, it's you know 29 trillion what's 150 billion 
$29 trillion of anything, $29 trillion bills stacked one by one. Look it up. Look how high up it goes. $29 gal- trillion gallons of water. I mean, this is insane. We're just we're just throwing money right and left at everything, and we can agree that the uh, Ukraine, whatever you want to call it, war crisis, uh, we're, we're just we're just throwing money throwing money away. He agreed with you, yeah, on that. Well, I think any person, regardless of your political persuasion, uh, with an ounce of common sense, would recognize. Hey, I'd really like to know where my money went. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to know how my money's being spent. I'd like to know what I got for my money. I don't think that's a political thing. I think that's a common sense thing. And it's hard to wrap your brain around how much money that is when you just keep adding zeros and zeros to it. It's just, it doesn't, it's, it's out of our normal life. And the reason they get away with it is the government rigs the monetary system and our public policy to prevent people from feeling pain because somebody else will eventually feel this pain for all this printed money. I'm feeling it. Well, You're feeling it. You are, you, are, you are feeling it now in the sense of inflation, right? Yeah. But I mean, I'm saying the pain we should actually be feeling. We have racked up $32 trillion, which is a number you can't even fathom. But yet people don't sit down and think of it that way because they're not the ones paying for it. And many, many people are just selfish, self-absorbed people who don't either don't think about it or don't even care if they do think about it. Well, my grandkids or children or whatever are going to get stuck paying for it. They just don't care. Politicians don't care either. And what we're doing is gross. What we're doing to future generations is gross. If you're a decent person who cares about others at all, you should find it appalling. But uh, it just... uh, the magical money printing tour just keeps right on rolling. One more call. I know we're running short on time, but remember yesterday we talked about the kids working at the McDonald's? Yes. And there was some, it was in Kentucky, wasn't it? Is that right? It was. It was It was in Louisville. However, I believe the franchisee owner owns locations in Indiana as well. There were 10-year-old kids caught yep. working at the McDonald's late into the evening. And it, it was reported in some outlets that the kids weren't even being paid. Like, was that... Okay. <laughs> Well, internship. Look, so here's what I had said. I'd said, should kids be allowed to work around like heavy machinery? Mm -hmm. No. Should they be in any sort of environment where they're in some sort of danger? No. Is letting a kid work after midnight a good look? No. But this idea that people are just up in arms that a 10 year old was working while our country was founded based on kids working. There was a time, Casey, where that's why people had kids, because they needed people to... Get them busy on the farm. Get them busy on the farm. So this idea of, oh my gosh, those poor children. There's lots of things kids could do. There's things I did at 10 years old to earn, you know, extra money on the side. Mm-hmm. They could clean the restaurant or whatever. Newspaper route. Doesn't necess- yeah, exactly. <laughs> cutting grass. Yeah, I mean, this the, these these Karens who are up in arms over the idea of a 10-year-old working is is ridiculous, but somebody called about that. Hey, Rob Casey. I'm calling about your topic earlier about the 10-year-olds working at McDonald's down in Kentucky. And a couple things. One is there is a reason there's the age limit on where people can work, or kids especially, because, first of all, um, they're not mature enough to work at most places. They can, you know, mow a lawn. I was a... uh, paper boy when I was 11, uh, maybe babysit, things like that. And I'm fine with a family letting kids work on the farm or in their own 
private or you know their own place because then the parents are responsible. But you're talking about McDonald's, ten year olds. Uh, most of them McDonald's. I think at least when I was working at McDonald's, you could be fifteen and start working there. But you had to be at least eighteen to close even at a McDonald's when I was there back in the eighties. So I don't know. That may have changed. But most places you have to be at least eighteen to work past uh, or you know work unlimited hours, things like that. And also a ten year old cleaning McDonald's is not a good idea either because they use chemicals to clean most of these fast food places. Not like they're just using Windex. A lot of times it's bleach and other things that can be very harmful if you don't know how to use them correctly. So and a 10-year-old's clean McDonald's, not a great idea either. So anyway, just want to put my two cents in on that. So take care. It's a good point. But how about the babysitting? I remember I, I would babysit when I was 12. Yeah. And after midnight, the rate went up by a quarter. Oh, wow whole quarter. Talk about gouging the yeah. gouging your neighbors. Oh yeah, it was all a whole dollar 25. Wow. But when you think about in terms of that, okay, you're putting a 12-year-old in charge of your babies right. while you go out for mom and dad date night. Yeah. Isn't that just a little bit more responsibility than mopping the back room of McDonald's? Uh yeah, you're right. And this is this so this is what I come back to, which is that should be a parental decision. Like Children, I'm, and I know this is an unpopular thing, but children are property of their parents until they become 18 years old. Now, obviously, there are rules and regulations. You can't abuse kids. You can't, you know, whatever. But I'm saying in terms of decisions about children, I mean, if we're going to be consistently conservative, right, on the public schools that parents make the choice, well, then parents make the choice. And that is true in the workforce. A parent should be able to decide, as long as the kid is not put in some physical risk of danger, that he or she is mature enough to work whatever job. Like, I mean, again, this idea that people are up in arms that a 10-year-old might be sweeping the floor at a McDonald's. Like, why? It's like you said, you were in charge of... Other humans. Yes, at 12. Right. You push in one of those little brooms that pick up the dust or whatever. Way less stressful than being in charge of humans. Now, I was a crew leader at Wendy's. That was my first real job. That's why you have such a grudge on Wendy's. Outside of babysitting. That's why you're so fierce anytime we mention Wendy's. No, that's why I know that you should dip your fries in the frosting. That's why the other day you were like, do you know how they make the chili? Because I saw it firsthand. Uh, But I believe that you had to be 15 to be able to work there. Well, there's probably some level of the work that needs to be done and can be done that would require someone that age. Mm -hmm. I'm not disputing that, but what I'm saying is if a child desires to do some non-dangerous form of work and the parent knows where they're at and believes they're up for it, I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, people were getting hung up on the age of these kids rather than what sort of work were they actually doing. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't acknowledge that I was crew leader. I just I mean, love, that's a management position just, at Wendy's when I, I was 16, Rob. I just love that 63 years later, you're still <laughs> you're still holding a grudge about how they make the chili. 63 Do, do you later. know how they make the chili? Hey, we've got Hammer joining us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.